Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Consciouspreneur podcast. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we are speaking with Amy Douglas. Amy is a mindset mentor and human design reader. She helps inspire and empower women to become their fullest, most authentic self by revealing their blind spots that are holding them back and uncovering the richness in their operator's manual aka that human design blueprint, to live their lives by their design. Amy, this is going to be an awesome conversation. I, I can't wait to dig into this content with you, and I'm very grateful for you to be here today. Well, I am very happy to be here as well, and I feel very honored to be a part of this podcast. So thank you yes. for the invitation. Yeah, so let's just kind of set the stage again. Um, the the consciouspreneur. This, this is still a relatively new um, conversation, um, and so I just want to remind the listeners again that a conscious entrepreneur is like a subset of entrepreneurship, and we're really speaking to that group that um, they they're held together by four values. They they are in business to make the world a better place, and they care deeply about people, profit. And, and the planet. So in our conversations today, I mean, we're going to just keep in mind this audience that we're, we're talking with, um, who's listening in uh, for us today, and align our, your area of expertise to these values so that they can start to see themselves as a conscious entrepreneur. And at, the more that we identify ourselves in this way, the more we can relax into this way of doing business, because I really do believe that is it is uh, different than building a business the traditional make, which was all, you know, very dominant kind of, you know, go, scrappy, go out and get, get, get and take, take, take and all of those kinds of things. So that's the that's who we're here to speak with and speak for today. So I would love to start with just give give us a story about your entrance into entrepreneurship. Have you always been an entrepreneur or is this something that you stumbled into? Oh, wow. No, no, no. Have I not always been an entrepreneur? And I just want to say before I start how much I love those four values. It just melts my heart when I hear that you say them. I knew that it was aligned for me to be a part of this when you did share them with me initially. Um, and making the world a better place, the planet, just all of that, it's very high vibe for me. And that is the intention that I hold with what I do in my day-to-day life. I would like to say that I felt like that's what I was doing in my corporate life. I was in corporate America for 25 years as a banker. And while I, um, I was a corporate banker, so I worked only with business owners. Sure. Um, interestingly enough. And um, while they would come to me, help having me help them with the business needs from a banking perspective, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on autopilot. I got it. What I really wanted to know was what kept them up at night mm-hmm. and how we could prove the quality of their own life first, because then that would trickle down into their business. So I did not realize I was coaching and mentoring years and years and years. Could you repeat that again? You're saying as a corporate banker, you're talking with them about quality of life as well as building their business? I was. I. It was like um, what they needed from the banking perspective felt like a transaction. 
right? Like yes. it's kind of, that's why I called it an autopilot. I knew how to do that. It's like, yeah, I'm here cookie cutter. And it wasn't cookie cutter. Cause I loved things that were unique, but I really like it was the best part of my job was talking to the actual business owner and them sharing the passion and helping them try to reconnect with it. And then I always ask them what kept them up at night and then what we could do is try to resolve that so they can infuse that back in their business and have that trickle down effect. And unfortunately in the corporate world, um, now the clients loved that, but that wasn't always in alignment with what the bank was asking of me. Sure. And I remember very clearly, um, the straw that broke the camel's back, as they say, was whenever I was in a meeting and I said something about how, um, I didn't like how that felt on behalf of my clients and I was corrected and told that I was not paid to feel. And so, you know, thank you for showing me what I don't want. Right. Thank you for like, you know, shining the big bright light on that. And that was really just, um, a huge catalyst to, I've got to do something different for myself. I was doing a lot of my own internal work anyway. I was recognizing that I was out of alignment showed up for me by my hair falling out, (laughs) um, insomnia and things like that. Right. A real health journey. And so I did my own deep inner work and was noticing that it was changing so much of the framework of how I looked at my own life and how I was choosing to show up in my own life. Mm -hmm. And people were noticing too, but I was very secretive about what I was doing, you know, because I wasn't, I showed up in a very masculine way in my corporate life and I was a single mom. So it's like, I had to do these things. That's the languaging I had in my head. So when I left corporate America, January 2nd of 2019, it took me 73 seconds to resign. Again, it was just a transaction. It was done. I'd already been working with private clients, doing the very thing that I just mentioned, recognizing I was out of alignment. I was not honoring the ways that I wanted to be able to show up in the world and help people live in their highest vibration of their life. So me switching over. So I'm a little over three years being a solopreneur, that conscious entrepreneur for sure. And my entire intention is helping people improve the quality of their everyday life because of that trickle down. It starts with us. Yeah, it does. The ripple effect happens. You know, that was um, at the crux of my my story as well. I was in leadership um, and basically told, you know, what you're doing, I wouldn't do anything different, but it's not working. So either fix it or go. And, you know, it was really at that point where I, I finally acknowledged that I'm probably playing some role in the dramas that I'm experiencing. Well, and role, yes. <laughs> right. And, and, and just because up until that point, it was really everyone else's problem. Like I was just trying to deal with people who were difficult or, or people who didn't get it or whatever my story was, right? I had a story about everyone else and everything else, but I didn't have a story about me. Um, and that's when I started my personal journey. When you started yours, and it sounds like health was also kind of uh, a nudge for you as well. What was the story in your head about that transition? Like, do you recall, was there like an aha moment or was there part of you that was, you had to drag along kicking and screaming into this personal development? What was that like for you? Oh no, there was definitely a few pivotal moments and I recall them very clearly and I love to be able to reflect upon them. Um, So yes, I was recognizing that, you know, our body's our greatest messenger. So it was giving me all this feedback of what wasn't 
but my story and, and, you know, a couple things came into play. First of all, I was successful in my life, in my corporate life, right? You're recognized and acknowledged and compensated and all these things. And it was very safe and secure. And I, you guys can't see me, but I have air quotes around that because that's how I was describing. That was the way I was defining those words of and responsible as a single mom. I had one that was in a private college, another one that was getting ready to go to college. What the hell was I thinking that I might potentially be living, leaving that safety and security? So in July of 2018, thanks to a wonderful mentor, I, a coach, right? I um, mm-hmm. made a contract with myself that what it would take for me to leave my corporate life because I, I recognized all these blind spots, all these limiting beliefs that I was holding on to. And she's like, well, let's make a contract, right? So I listed out all these things and I got people to witness it and acknowledge it. And, you know, I had a couple of little smirks and little giggles with, because they were so rigid, Mary, they were so, I had to have this much money. I had to have this to be known. I needed to know where my son was going to college, all of these things. And again, more and more blind spots. And so my story was, I'm, you know, my kids aren't going to love me anymore. We're not going to get to do the things that we're going to do. I'm going to fail miserably. I should have just stayed where I was. That was safe and secure. I don't know what happens if we have health crisis, that languaging. And one by one from July of 2018 until December, when I knew the date that I was leaving, I essentially released those limiting beliefs. I navigated through them, you know, reprogrammed myself and taught myself they weren't true and they weren't necessary And that I could have, be, and do whatever I wanted in my life. I was fully worthy of it. And so all I got to do on January 2nd, January 2nd of 2019 was step into it. And that was such great impact. And those are the things that I feel like have led me to being able to listen for the things that people are saying, those things that hold them back to help them navigate if it's really true or if there's a way that we can actually navigate through it. Yeah, there's nothing like uh, having been through the hero's journey yes. on, on your own, right? Um, to be able to walk with others when they're ready to answer the call for the hero's journey. Well, I believe that I teach best. Most of us do what we needed to learn most. And it makes what I do with others very authentic because I've navigated it for myself. I don't have to have every experience with someone that I work with that they have. It's the space I hold and the way I listen and the way I challenge the thoughts they're having that help them be able to see things differently. So some people might be call it provoking and I'm okay with there's a little bit of provocation and just, you know, poking them a little bit to look at things differently. But it does. We're not we're not taught to do that. We're not taught to challenge any of the programming and conditioning of how we were raised. Right. That's a lot of what holds people back. And so that's what I get to do. And I love it because it opens up a world for someone just like it did for me that I never even knew, quite frankly, was possible. I love that. And, and, and that whole point about we're not taught these things. Mm-hmm. We are not taught these things. And, and so when when I hear people, you know, talking and telling their stories about anxiety or depression or 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 feeling stuck or or any of those things, it doesn't doesn't surprise me. In fact, it would surprise me if if somebody wasn't saying those things until unless and until they encounter someone like a coach who knows how to create that space. So you're right. It's it, to me that the hero's journey isn't about uh, the the challenges that you may be facing. It's the process of the journey. Mm-hmm. So your challenges along the your journey were probably different than my challenges along the journey. Um, it, but 
once you've been on that journey and you know what it's like to, you know, it, the whole part about answering the call and, and why wouldn't I, why shouldn't I, right? There's all kinds of reasons why I shouldn't, why I should just stay where I'm at right now. And yet when we say yes, then we're going down this path of really letting go of all of these identities that we've taken on because others said, this is who you should be. This is what it means to be a girl. This is what it means to be uh, a woman in corporate banking. This is what you need to look like, right? Yep. This is what it means to be fully responsible for two kiddos and the, you know, their growth and development and their future. Just like there's just, there was so much noise behind it. And I, while I fully believe that everybody's doing the best they can with what they have and know, or we are, we are taught to just do what was modeled for you or what someone, you know, recommends or suggests and not challenge if that feels aligned for us. And so then thank goodness for me, my body just got louder and louder until I started listening. Right. Mine, my body was, I think the body is like the last resort kind of thing. Like this is the last message you're going to get here. Mayor, yeah. <laughs> either you listen to it or we're just going to keep cr- turning up the heat on your body. Yes. And you, you either this will bring you down or it'll bring you out. Uh, it's up to you kind of thing. And some people have to go down to get out, right? You know, so exactly. That happens. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other piece, too, that I, I wanted to, to respond to, because this was part of my journey, too, is that whole idea of part of my story about why I wasn't doing professional my own personal growth was that to contradict what I was taught seemed like I would be rejecting my parents or something to that effect. Right. Did that come to true for you at all or no? maybe that's my story? Yeah, no, that, that one, it, it was more of the story of that I created. I feel like I was in my own way. Oh, that, for sure. Know, and until I looked at that role that I was playing of how I was in my own way, nothing was going to change. And while I could have, and I, I, you know, I've, I, I have evolved a lot since then. I could have put a lot of blame on a lot of scenarios and people and, you know, whatever, but I, I didn't do a lot of that. I just, in my head had these absolutes. This is how it has to be. This is what's expected of me. This is what I need to be doing. Yeah. And so I didn't really, and, and I, I don't know that that necessarily came from a whole lot of conditioning or programming other than my own. Like, I will tell you, I felt like a lot, I had something to prove. Yeah. To right. who? <laughs> right. <know>? To who? <laughs> yes. Well, and I love the distinction that you're making here because I would agree with you 100%. Again, early on, I would have said, you know, part of my story again about not changing would, well, if I'm changing or I'm 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 going against what I was taught, somehow I'm rejecting that. Mm. That that's me putting my excuse on somebody outside of me. And what I've realized since then is, is exactly what you're saying is, yes, th- there were certain conditions, right, that I grew up in and, and things that I was taught, but I took that information. I made that mean something. A hundred percent. We all do. And, and, yeah, from that observer exactly. perspective. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And when I can own that part, 
it, it isn't about what I've experienced or what anybody else did. It's all about the the meaning that I gave to that scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I'm giving meaning to something when I'm three years old, I'm going to give myself a lot of grace. Like at three years old, I didn't know any better. Right. At five years old, I didn't know any better, right? Uh, anything really up until, you know, maybe adolescence, maybe you don't really know any better. You 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 work with the information that you have and the resources they have at the time. And you make meaning out of things. And I think it's important for people to hear this too. Like this is really where that whole trauma comes into play as well. So um, maybe you had a fabulous childhood, maybe you didn't, but either way, it's the the story that you're telling yourself about who you were in that situation. Um, that really is is the way to unravel that whole, that whole experience so that you can create new beliefs about yourself. Well, I did a really great job of creating a great, um, I, I used to call it fake. And now it's like where I see that I was performing in my life, but just like this facade of how I thought people, um, how they would experience me or how they would express who I was. And I did a great job of living into that. Right. Exactly. Even yes. though underneath that was not who I was or what I wanted to be. And so no wonder why my body started, you know, getting louder and louder. And so while I said I did a great job at that, that's the role that I played. Right. And so once I could recognize and become fully aware of that, then it was the work that I got to do to break those walls down and say, it's OK for me to be exactly who I am and be more aligned to that so that I can show up more fully and openly and really do what I feel called to do, even if it doesn't look like anything than the structure that I originally had or that I thought I had to be living into. So, yeah. You know, I th- one of the challenges too, I've experienced this and I know that the clients, many of the clients that I've worked with have experienced this. And so I'm curious if you have, um, we were in the space where we know what we're doing or who we're being isn't working, right? We've got all kinds of indicators, whether it's our relationships, our finances, or our health. We've got indicators that what we're doing is not working. And um, something's going to, we're going to keep getting invitations, right? For this hero's journey, we're going to keep getting invitations to take this journey. We can either accept that or not accept it. Was there a core or central question that you had to answer for yourself to kind of move into this space? Yeah. Do I deserve it? Do I deserve it? Yeah. Yeah. Deservability. A hundred percent. I mean, on the outside, I looked like I had it all together. I looked like I had everything right. Cause that's the way I had built it. But on the inside, I was miserable. And I thought, well, if I go after what I really want, do I deserve it? And then does it break down? Do I lose everything to try to get there? I mean, that deservability is huge. It is huge. It is. And, and, and for many of us, like this is not, um, you and I are, I don't think are the, uh, um, anomalies here. I think we're, we're, this is what happens. Like this, this is what happens when we use our behavior systems without really knowing how to use them efficiently. This is the, the, the ending that we get to. So deservability was at the core. And then I also heard you say talking about what you wanted, because I think that's one of the challenges I know for me, um, I really had to face what is it that I really wanted? Because I had all kinds of patterns of behavior of not even identifying what I want. Talking about not deserving, right? 
why even come up with something that I want because I don't think I deserve it anyway kind of a thing. Were those two things connected for you at all or was it more oh, about yeah. the deservability? Yeah. Because I can go back to my childhood, just what you were talking about. You know, we can go back, uh, you know, to experiences we had and we can see where there was an imprint. While we can't change the experience, where we are in our present conscious moment, we can certainly change the meaning we gave to that. But there would be times where I would ask for what I wanted. As a kiddo, we're so like childlike wonder, right? We'll just, yeah. And I was shut down. Don't ask for that. You know, be grateful for what you have. Like lots of languaging. That's too much and that kind of thing. So then it creates an imprint. So then what do you do? You stop asking. So then you get into adulthood and somebody says, because I do this with my clients, I'm like, what do you want? And they'll start telling me what they want for their kids or what they want for their spouse or what they want in a relationship or what they want at work. I'm like, wait, yeah, time out. What do you want for you? And right. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I've never been asked. And it's, it's so alarming. And so that had everything to do with me do I deserve to ask for what I want and then actually freaking go for it? <laughs> the well, exactly. You know? I yeah. love that word audacity. Yeah. Yeah, right? To have the audacity to actually go out and and not make it happen as a as, as a, that masculine energy, but step into it. Well, give myself permission to step into it. There you go. Yes. You know, like, I, I remember that. saying to myself, permission granted. Gosh. I'm not going to ask for this for anyone else. I tell this to my clients all the time, expecting someone else to do something, to meet a need of yours, to, you know, give you what you quote unquote want. It's like waiting for a ship to come into the airport. We're not doing that. You fully can do all of this for yourself first. And then everything outside of that is just gravy for me. It'd be icing because I love icing, but you know, you know, the saying goes like, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so it, it just recognizing it's okay to want, need, have desires, but do you even know what they are? And then take it a step further. Do you feel like you're worthy and deserving of it? Because then we really get to dig into some of that there. And those are usually the blind spots. Those are the limiting beliefs. Those are some of the imprints that showed up somewhere in their life that we get to navigate through so that we can cross over to the deservingness and then really opening up to how do we create this now? I love this. And, and I'm going to use a metaphor that I just heard this this morning. So we're talking about uh, the services that we provide, right? So our clients are on one side of a river and, and they want to get to the other side of the river, right? So the one side where we are, this is what we're experiencing now. The other side is who we want to be and, and all, of, all of our heart's desires. So you help them by, cro- by crossing that bridge, okay? So before we talk about the bridge, tell me about... When you're working with a client, what does the other side of the water look like for your clients? They get to paint it. And this is one of my most favorite parts of when we start working together is having them share with me in all the way, using all their senses, what that looks like, what will that having that do for them, what's available for them from that place that isn't now. They, They really get to get crystal clear with that because it's, it's their languaging on how they describe that. Not mine, not mine. And by the way, they're the ones that get over the bridge. I will, I'm still on the other side all along. I'm just empowering them and helping them reveal some of those blind spots that can give themselves permission to go over that bridge themselves. Yeah. But it's all within them. 
it's all within. I just help them unlock it for themselves. Agreed. I'm going to push back with you uh, a little bit um, because I think you are walking with your clients over that bridge. You're walking over that bridge with them until they learn the skills themselves. Yeah, it's the support and accountability. No questions asked. And I'm holding that space, but it's within them all along. Exactly. I often hear, oh, I couldn't have done this without you, which feels wonderful. What, what they couldn't have done without, because I'll ask that. I'm, when I work with someone, I'll say, is this something you feel like you can solve on your own? And oftentimes, I'll, what have you tried? And that kind of thing. And oftentimes the answer is no. Well, that's what we do. We hold that space for them. We, that little bit of provoking, the questioning sequence, the, is that really true, right? And that's what we offer them that helps them create the action steps that get them across the bridge. And I might give them a little gentle nudge from time to time. Sometimes I even get to hold their hand and that's right. beautiful, right? right? But they are getting over the bridge by themselves. Okay. With like physically. <laughs> but, yes, I, I appreciate that. I'm there. Yes. Uh, right, yeah, exactly. And, and, and maybe this is a, uh, we'll have to work on this metaphor a little bit or I will. But um, it, I, I appreciate your insistence that it's the client who is actually doing the work because especially in a coaching partnership, right? It's the client who has to do the work I mean, I've been a client uh, with coaches before, and sometimes I did the work and sometimes I didn't. And oh, yeah. the, the results were completely dependent on me. Um, so that that's completely true. But I also know that, especially when we're doing this inner kind of work, and there is um, has been so little... I would say instruction, but even awareness of what this process is... I think a coach is the best way to have that partner to walk with you, to walk through that experience with you. Because if we don't, I'm thinking of my own journey too, right? How many times I would have bailed on this whole shenanigan uh, had I not had somebody with me saying, it's okay, nope, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. I know that this is a really painful spot, right? But you're going to get through it. Self-sabotage is real. Yes. Self-sabotage is real. And that's the difference by having that support and accountability to navigate through that with someone, because you're right on our own, we would likely cut bait yes. and be done. That's right. But I always tell my clients, I can't want this more than you do. I can't want this for you more than you do. I've said the same so helping thing. Helping them connect with their why and what's on the other side of that bridge. We get to go back and remind ourselves what that is because I'll hold the space knowing it's completely possible the whole time, even when they for forget and think that they don't deserve it. They don't, you know, can't have it, whatever that is. Uh, and, and that is also a really important piece too. I remember... Um, somebody asked me recently about, you know, who was an important woman in your life? And the first person that came up for me is my grandmother. And the reason that I hold her in, in such high esteem, if I could summarize it, is that she believed in me when there was, I was not giving her any reason to, you know? Um, and so to have someone who sees the goodness in you, sees the potential in you, sees the possibilities, and they're willing to be non-judgmental with you along the way. I mean, I don't, I don't know how how I would be who I uh, who I am today if I didn't have her believing in me when I was little. Yeah, talk about stories that we make up, right? Oof. Oh yeah, and you know that that's one of the things we do. I'm sure you've heard this phrase. You know, I will 
tell someone, I see the version of you that you can't yet see for yourself. And I will hold that. I know it's possible. And it's just beautiful. I mean, I remember when my first coach said that to me and I was like, wow, someone can see it even though I can't yet see it for myself. And they're going to hold that for me. And that had great impact on certainly my deservability, but just my willingness to make sure I stayed true to what I'd said I wanted and follow the breadcrumbs to get there. And, you know, the breadcrumbs we co-created. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's zero in on this. What is it that we want? Talk to me a little bit about, if we're using this metaphor of the bridge, like what are a few pieces of maybe information or, or reminders, right, for the listener who is on one side of the water. They want to get to the other side where there's clarity and, and they feel aligned with their purpose. What are a couple of things that they might need to encounter on this bridge that will help them get from where they are to where they want to be? Uh, really, really identifying the role that they're playing in it. If they are believing that somebody outside of them, some external something has to happen in order for them to get that ship at the airport folks, yeah. <laughs> right? We're not going to wait for that. And so recognizing what I, I use this word in the highest vibration, recognizing what they get to be in control of, okay, what they can be doing. Because when they, when I hear, well, when so-and-so does this, or when this opens up or when this, it's like, but you have no control over that. So then we're still waiting. We're still in that sit and spin cycle that nobody likes. So what can you be actively doing to help get you across there? And oftentimes they're, they're not even aware of what they are believing to be true that's holding them back from taking those steps. Something else I, I love to do is, you know, oftentimes we can identify what we want by saying what we don't want, right? Sure. We're so programmed to say all the, you know, and so I I get my clients to come up with three words to describe their present self. And I often hear stuck, overwhelmed, you know, frustrated, like, you know, really low vibe words. And so once they've aligned with those and they're clear on them, and I haven't even just described to me a little bit. Okay. So tell me what's going on when this happens. The win is a big part. And then I'll say, all right, let's think of three words to describe this future version of yourself. That's across the bridge using your analogy, right? What, 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 what is that? What are you experiencing? How would you describe yourself there? And they'll come up with these three beautiful words, you know, like confident and, um, or aligned or full of joy, or, you know, like it there, you can just tell their whole tone of their voice changes. And so I'm like, those are the words that we're going to start checking in with. If you're feeling, because we know what the ones you're feeling now feel like, because mm-hmm. this is your but let's talk about the ones that you want to become in the future. And then I have them put an alarm in their phone for that when they're feeling the frustrated, overwhelmed, etc. It's kind of like their witching hour. Most of them, it's when they get home from work and they got to cook dinner or their husband wants something or, you know, the TV's on and the, 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 the homework. And so I want the, the alarm on their phone to go off. And it had, that alarm has those three words, the ones that they're living into, right? The ones that they're wanting to become. And so it's a pattern interrupt. It gets them to look at it and say, okay, this is what I say I want. What can I choose for myself right now? Because the patterns they have been choosing, that self-sabotage is keeping them where they are. 
And the ones that we've co-created or that they have initiated are the ones they get to be acting upon in that moment. And hopefully it's the catalyst for that change to be moving in the direction of that. That is brilliant. I I love that whole idea because it, not only the reminder, because I thought, okay, well, she's going to go with this reminder thing, right? But to have the reminder come up with those words and then the task to actually be, this is who I say I want to be in this moment. What choices do I need to make to align with this right now? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's, I mean, that's how we could get in our own way, right? And that's okay. It's okay if we choose something that they were comfortable with before, just know that it's not going to change the end result. There's no shame in what we choose, but just recognize there is a choice. Oftentimes people tell me they're stuck and I'm like, stuck is a choice. That's right. Stuck is also a choice. Nobody likes to hear that, by the way. (laughs) Right. Right. Because it feels so crappy. It feels, it feels awful. But I I appreciate you mentioning that because there is a time. And and if we change the word stuck to withdrawn, there, there's a, there's a need to withdraw sometimes if there's too much going on and, and we, we need time to integrate. Our nervous system needs time to, to settle down. Um, It's okay for us to withdraw. It's okay to, to depress for a period of time. It, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of our system. We're supposed to be using that. I think, we, I mean, I, I just want to use this opportunity to say, well, there's the whole rainbow of emotional experiences are here for a reason. So none of them are bad. Some of them don't feel very good. Others feel a lot better, but doesn't make any of them wrong. Right. And so the, the stuckness could just be, I think I would ask myself, am I feeling stuck which means I don't have a choice, or I'm telling myself I don't have a choice, or am I really needing this time just to settle everything down? And I'm giving myself permission to settle everything down. And as things settle down, the water clears, then I'll be able to decide what's the next step that I need to take. From that clarity often comes the next step. Exactly, exactly. So I think too, some of the languaging, you mentioned languaging earlier. Am I defining this as stuck, which to me is a choice, right? I've decided that this is where I'm going to be versus this is where I am now. I'm experiencing such and such. Uh, One of my first uh, certifications was, was through the William Glasser Institute. And Glasser used to say that, uh, don't say I'm depressed because you're owning it, right? You're owning it. I'm depressed. And and that every cell in your body is hearing, oh, we're depressed. Okay. This is what we do uh, when we're depressed and everything aligns with that versus I'm depressing, which means in the moment, this is what's happening. In the next moment, I may not be depressing. I'm not owning it. Right. It's like, I'm feeling depressed. It's an event. It's not a characteristic trait, right? It's an event of what you're feeling. And all of our feelings are, none of them are wrong. We all get to experience them. We can also choose to stay in them. That's the role that we get to play, but it's not a characteristic trait that we have to hold on to for ourselves. It's just something we're experiencing. Yeah. And again, those were distinctions that when I heard that at first is like, because I, I was I highly identifying as depressed at the time. And I, it almost felt like, oh, you can't take that away from me. Right. <laughs> right. That's my security blanket. I need that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, it, it is more empowering to say I am depressing. And it's it, when you say that, you're declaring a choice. This, this is what I'm choosing to do right now. This is what I need to do right now versus um, 
you know, I'm stuck. Right. Yes. I want to come back. This topic about what I want keeps hitting me on the back of my head. Talk to me a little bit more because I think that this is one of those things that seems like it should be easy. I should just be able to say what I want. And we've talked a little bit about why it wouldn't be. But do you have any other you know, little points maybe on this bridge that if I don't know what I want, what are some ways that you help your clients get clarity around that? Remove all the noise. So what I mean by that is all the geographical limitations, the financial limitations, the educational limitations, the responsibility limitations. Take all those aside because what, what happens is those build up and telling us we can't have something. So all things considered, remove all of that and get clear. This, 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 you, it's just you. All that other stuff is gone. We don't have anything that can get in our way. What do you want? What do you ultimately want? And sometimes some people can connect with it from a perspective of a feeling. And usually it's because something that they're missing or some people can connect with what they want to be experienced, like, you know, whether it is a location change, a job change, et cetera. But I want them to tell me why, why they want that. What about that will be different for them from where they are now? It can't just be something that those, all that stuff is just surface level. I go five wise, deep. So they say why, and then, you know, they say what I say, why, and then they say something. And then I ask them why that. So we go way below the surface. And usually once we get to that fifth, why it's real, like that's, we really know what the thing that they say that they want, why they want it. And then all the gloves are off, all the shells are gone. And then we start navigating how to, how can we create a way to make that possible? Because what they originally said they wanted in the beginning, that was all surfacey level. They didn't even know what was really the underlying why to that. That's such a critical piece of it. Agreed. You know, it's, uh, and, and we do five why kind of processes with teams, right? Uh, to, to get to the root cause. And I think this is exactly what you're saying is really, you know, the language is a little different. It's not necessarily root cause, but what is the root desire? What's the real root desire? What do I really want that I'm afraid to say out loud because I'm afraid the answer is going to be no? Well, in some instances, because I always say just, you know, whatever comes up first, there's no, I'm a judgment free zone. There's no judgment. It's just between you and I, or pretend that I'm not even here and let yourself just speak freely. Right. And so when I can say back in their words, the why for the first thing, and then the why for the next thing it triggers something for them that lets them just go believe below that surface. But so many of us stay at that surface level. I want this. I want this. I want this, but here's the 9,000 reasons why I can't have it. Right. And so I want to get way below that. And then they're like, Oh, I've never had not, not had an aha out of that, right. whether for myself or anybody I work with. It's so impactful. It is. In fact, I had a very similar conversation as the, as a client recently. What do you want? And it was this very, and and I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, I'm a coach. I know this whole process, uh, you know, I can walk it through, but there's something about that process that doesn't let you just live at the surface, right? There's something about just asking each why afterwards that it's almost like an invitation that I can't say no to, you know, you want this amount of, uh, you know, this is your goal for your business. Well, why is that important to you? Well, because of this. Well, why is that important to you, right? And and with every every why, 
really getting to that core, again, that core that, that we're afraid to really let show um, because maybe it won't be acceptable. Maybe we can't do it. Maybe all of the, the possibilities, right, that we've justified to keep us where we are up until this point. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, we did a hard, we've done, worked hard to keep that justification, right? We sure have. <laughs> right. We've perfected the justification system. In a few minutes here before we close, I really I want to come back to human design. How does this connect into the work that you do with your clients? So again, everything I do first is for myself. Any of the education I've done, any of the growth I've done um, has always been for myself first. It, just even with the coaching, I did it because I hired a coach and then I was like, I'm a trust but verify kind of person. And then I saw how much it was changing me and then I was having the ripple effect with others. And so, you know, a handful of people had said, oh, Amy, what's your design? You know, you got to look at this. And I don't really like being told what to do. So it (laughs) took several people to say that to me. And when I started digging into it, that was at the end of 2019. So my first full year, you know, uh, of being that consciouspreneur. And so then in 2020, I was like, there's something about this. And I remember learning more and more about my own design because really that's where it starts for me always. I get to experience it first. That's actually fully in my design that I'm really meant to do that. It, it just felt like that open permission slip, that permission granted I talked about. And it was like, there's something about this. And whenever there's so much noise about clarity of what you want, it's, it's for, for me, it was, could I even get it? Was I even worthy of it? That deservability piece. And so I was recognizing that my design, when I was learning about it, was helping me navigate that and allowing me, giving me the licensing to be able to move more and more into it. And so when people are asked, people always want to know about themselves, right? Everybody's done some kind of personality. I mean, I did Myers-Briggs in my corporate life and DISC and, you know, Enneagram since then and all these. Well, those are subjective. They're based on how you answer questions. Right. And human design is very definitive. And so it's based on very specific information. And to think that we all came in with a blueprint on how we can live in the highest vibration, who doesn't want to know that? And then how you can communicate effectively with others. I mean, this would work beautifully in the workplace and it has, but even in my own personal relationships as a parent, gosh, if I could have had this, Mm. you know, when my kiddos were younger, but now I'm empowering them to learn their design with their partnerships that they're having so that when they have kiddos, it just, the ripple effect is, is epic. We, it it really is life-changing. And those who I have been able to um, work hand in hand with and see how much their lives have changed creates a different level of compassion and understanding, not only for yourself, but for others. And who doesn't want that? Isn't that what we said in the beginning? Yep. Improve the quality exactly. of how we all, you know, and that's, that's what I'm here for. And so if this is a modality that we can use to get there. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm hearing a lot about human design uh, these days. <laughs> it's not um, going to go away. <laughs> no, it certainly is not. And, and, you know, I hear people talk about it in the exact same way that you just did. And, what, and one of the people that I talked about, it was a recipient, right? It was a client. The company that she worked for had brought it in. So she's not promoting it, right? She has no need to promote it. But she loved knowing about herself. She loved knowing about her team members so that when she needed to communicate to her team members, she knew what she needed to do or how she needed to communicate with them to be as effective as possible. 
It is. It's, I, I try to shout that from the rooftops as much as I can, because I have so many people in my life that are in that leadership role. And if they could understand the dynamic of their team. Yes. Because what happens is, is we all kind of like step on each other, right? And if we understood our designs, everybody would stay in their own beautiful lane and we wouldn't be comparing and we wouldn't have this envy and we wouldn't be concerned. And we, we would just know the role that we get to play and we'd be, be honored for it yes. and it would be highlighted for us. And then we get to live in the self theme of all the ones like I'm meant to feel peace, right? That's my, I'm well, pfft. Thank goodness, you know, there's satisfaction, there's success, all of those. That's how we're meant to be existing. But right, we're just bumping into each other left and right. Yeah. And I remember it, you know, and it, it really can change the dynamic in the workforce, in relationships, in community, but, you know, first for ourselves, And that's Absolutely. where I've experienced it first for myself before I could help others. Definitely. Amy, um, this conversation has lived up and exceeded my expectations um, thank you so much for sharing your heart and soul with us and, and um, your areas of expertise. This is how you change the world. One session at a time. That's what yes, I say. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for um, bringing me in and letting me share because I do believe that we each and every one of us get the opportunity to make a mark and make that change. And little by little, we'll get there. We sure will. So before we go... Tell uh, the listeners how they can find you. We'll have all of this in the um, description uh, for the podcast, but for the audio, uh, the auditory learner, where can people find you? So um, I'll give you my link tree. That's probably the quickest thing to, you know, find some offerings of how people can work with me or to schedule with me. Um, I'm on Facebook. I would just, just my name. I don't, I don't do a lot in my business page. Um, on Instagram, I, it's a long one. So I'll let you put that in the notes. Perfect. Um, I have a blog that I send out so um, that you can catch that on my website and I'll share that with you as well. And then I recently started um, a podcast of my own with a co-pilot all about human design. So that's that, that's love human be spirit. And if you're curious more about human design, we talk about it through the lens of our own personal experiences more than the teaching of it. It's really how it can impact your life. Those are That's who our listener really is so that they can discern if it's something that they want to call into theirs, which we hope everybody will. So. Yeah, right? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I'll have to check that out. So thank you for listening to this episode. And Amy, thank you once again for sharing your, your heart and soul with us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast, we're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high achieving, impact focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction all rolled up into a community driven inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.